Episode 15. Today's guest, Annika Sorenstam, transcends golf because she is arguably the best to ever play on the LPGA Tour and has made an indelible mark on and off the course. She achieves such stunning excellence because she has never stopped learning and was not intimidated by excellence. I would say that, you know, sometimes people get scared of the word of excellence, meaning that, you know, there can't be any, any faults, no mistakes, no you know, no bogeys. I think, you know, everybody, we learn from our mistakes. And I think that that's part of the word excellence is, you know, you improve from where you are today and everybody's level of excellence is different than somebody else's. So as long as you feel like you're motivated and you feel like you're on your way to excellence, I think that's, that's success. Life is the opportunity to pursue excellence as a human being, not a doing, a being. Any time to talk about excellence is a great time to talk about excellence. Welcome to the Magnifying Excellence Podcast, powered by Exleet.com. Excellence is a journey, not a destination. Here's your host, Brian Hurlbert. Another excellent hello to each of you, and it's time for another journey of excellence when our guests speak exclusively and candidly about their journeys of excellence like they never have before. This isn't a glorification of excellence, but a deep examination of it, and our episodes are timeless. This is the story of how a shy little girl grew up to be one of the most dominant golfers in history and how she remained on the path of excellence. With us today is the one and only Annika, a Hall of Famer and owner of 89 professional victories, 10 major titles, and 8 Player of the Year awards. Plus, she was the only LPGA Tour player in history to shoot 59, and Annika also played in a PGA Tour event, beating or tying 19 players in the field, and proving she could push herself to new heights and stare down any fears she may have. So, Miss Never Stop Learning, how do you define excellence? How do I define excellence? Uh, very good questions. I think it's uh, it's not one of those words when you just have another word for it. I think it's, uh, you know, when I think of excellence, I think of just, uh, you know, doing something well. I think of, uh, you know, putting your mind to something, uh, you know, being engaged. Uh, performance is a word that comes to it. Um, but also something that represents you and who you are uh, and doing it your very best. And a lot of people can talk about excellence. Uh, very few reach the level that you have. How did you stay motivated along that path of excellence? I would say, obviously, it's, it's hard work, commitment, discipline, um, having goals that you know drives you, the motivation uh, to keep on going forward, to keep on uh, elevating your, uh, you know, your skill level or just kind of your level of play, but it's just constantly having a plan and a motivation to keep on doing it. There are some common themes among guests of the Magnifying Excellence podcast, and Annika fits right in when it comes to believing in finding a passion and loving what you do. That is the only way to stay committed to the path of excellence. You know, I love what I do. (laughs) I love, um, you know, well, I, I love competing. I love to try to reach my full potential. And I made it fun. You know, there was always a purpose with my practice. There was also a reason to be out there. And I think all of those things uh, made me just, 
you know, be excited about the day. And, and of course, when you see results, it makes you want to work harder when you see kind of the fruit of your labor, uh, it makes it a little bit more, uh, you know, the, it rewards you when you, when you know the sacrifices and the commitment that you make. Early in life, Annika was a high-level junior tennis player, but found her passion, which can be difficult. Now, as a mom, she is trying to help her two children find their paths, and patience is a part of the process. I think that comes with time. It comes with just experiences and kind of your life's journey. Um, I, uh, I did play tennis. That was my, I loved doing it. I played early. I practiced a lot. I got burned out. And then golf came into my life. My parents play and I fell in love with the game a little later. And, um, you know, I think it's important as anybody just experiment and try different things. And eventually I think you will find something you like is by the end of the day, when you wake up in the morning, you need to have, you need to enjoy what you're doing. You have to look forward to the day and, and uh, golf does that to me. And I thought it was challenging. I wanted to figure it out and then, you know, play better. And then I wanted to play more consistent and, and then, so, yeah, I guess uh, that's kind of how my journey turned out to be. (laughs) And obviously you're a parent now, how are you going to help your kids find their passion, which parents listening can maybe take a sneak peek from? Yeah, I mean, first of all, every kid is very, very different, you know, even within your family. Um, you know, they all have different group spurts, they have different interests, a different focus level. They have, you know, some of them strive in groups, some of them strive individually, you know, some are late bloomers. You have to kind of find your own recipe for your own child. And But I think the most important part is, you know, give them support, give them the love, encourage them and help them with confidence. And then they will find their way. Annika's results are the stuff of legend. Not only is she third in all-time LPGA Tour victories with 72, but 69 of those came from 1995 to 2006 when she was dominant. She won 10 times in 2005 and 8 times in 2004 and had multiple victories each year during that stretch. It was an unparalleled display of excellence and Annika soaked in the moments along the way. And what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself at the highest levels of golf. Yeah, that I, you know, that that I am okay, that I have the skills that I need. I need to hone them. I need to learn. I need to keep working hard, but, you know, not to be afraid and have the courage to to reach your, uh, you know, reach your potential, but also, you know, don't be afraid to set the bar high. And, and uh, I think a lot of people doubt themselves. A lot of people have that, you know, maybe lack of confidence uh, that you need. Uh, but I think golf just taught me that, um, what I have is okay. And it's, you know, kind of take your path the way you want it to go. And you mentioned you learned a lot about the game as well during that time. What's the biggest thing you learned about the game of golf doing it at the highest level? (laughs) It's a hard game. (laughs) It's a hard game. You know, every day is very different. Um, You know, you think you might've figured something out and then you realize, wow, it's a lot harder. Uh, So you need to have respect for the game. You need to be very patient, but also, you know, just, finding ways that work for different days. And I think that's why I love it because everything is different every day and, um, and how, you know, it's complex, but it's also, we make it too complex. We make it too complicated sometimes. So how do you, you know, simplify it to be able to enjoy it a little bit more than, uh, you know, than trying to, trying to figure it out. I don't think you can really figure it out. You know, I would go back to the fundamentals of the game, especially when we talk about a golf swing, you know, it, there's literally five things. I mean, the grip, posture, 
proposition, alignment, um, and then uh, uh, I think that was four, posture. Uh, but just, you know, the, the, the bar position, I don't know if I right. mentioned boxer's name, right. but um, those are the things It doesn't matter where you are on the, you know, on the level of playing professional, you know, great amateur, beginning amateur, or just, you know, total, uh, total beginner. It's just, you have to have those fundamentals. And I think a lot of people complicate those things and then play to your strength. You know, you got to play to what you have, you know, um, and if you can do the most out of that, then I think you're going to really be on, on, on a good track. Uh, I think people just, you know, maybe they overread things, overthink things. You know, I try to go for the wider parts of the fair, fairway, wider parts of the green, you know, just if you're on the green, focus more on speed than maybe the line, you know, you know, when you get a little bit more advanced and when you play a bit more, you can probably put all the pieces together, but still, just simplifying by taking one thing at a time and focus on that shot, not the one that you hit 30 minutes ago and certainly not the one you're going to hit 30 minutes from now because you can't do anything about it. So focus on the shot that uh, that's happening right now. Annika's stunning LPGA Tour career first took off at the 1995 U.S. Open when she came from five shots back to defeat Meg Mallon and win her first major. In 1996, she defended the title in one of the most grueling tournaments in golf, twice over fulfilling a lifelong dream. The shy Sorenstam, more on that later, famously said a couple times during the post-round interview, I can't believe it and I really don't know what I got myself into. Yeah, I mean, I've always uh, I've always watched the U.S. Open on TV. You know, early on it was the men because women wasn't really on TV and, and I dreamed about winning U.S. Open in tennis. So the U.S. Open for me was always, I always felt like it was the greatest championship in, in women's golf. And I think the key there is, you know, it's again, it, it's like a marathon, you know, it's so many holes and it's so challenging. It's quite brutal um, that you just have to, have, you know, just take one shot at a time and, you know, get, not get so caught up in the circumstances and the history, just going to go out there and play. And then you just somehow just add up the score and see where you end up. Right. But it's very hard to get emotional. It's very hard to get engaged, everything around it. And you look at scores, you look at others. And But, you know, a lot of things have happened. And I think that's the key to, to playing well in majors is you go in with that attitude that this is a marathon, you know, don't sprint early and, you know, save some energy for the end. Is there one thing that kind of sticks out from that 1995 week? Uh, you know, I came from, uh, I came from, well, I was, uh, it was my second year on tour. You know, I was totally under the radar and, you know, I really hadn't done much. I had, you know, some consistent performances, but nothing outstanding. So, you know, I think the pressure really wasn't on me. The limelight wasn't on me, but I went out there and I just played really solid golf. It was a tough golf course and a lot, a lot of the hosts, you know, par was a good score and I really didn't push myself too, too hard. And, and uh, thanks to that process, I just kind of climbed up the leaderboard and, and I was there towards the end. There was plenty of work and diligence along the way for Sorenstam to reach such amazing heights. Inspirations included family and some of golf's greatest players. Plus, two overriding quotes always have been front and center for Annika. Um, yeah, my parents have been very inspirational, uh, you know, supportive and loving and giving me the resources that I needed. Um, you know, I've learned from people that I've been around. I've learned from uh, people that I watch. You know, it, it might not be, you know, one particular. I mean, I, you know, in golf, you know, I would look at, again, early on and when I stopped playing the coverage, women's golf wasn't very 
uh, wasn't very great. So, you know, I, I watched men's European because being in Sweden, you know, I watched somebody like Bernard Langer, his perseverance, you know, I watched um, Ballesteros, his imagination. And then when I was introduced to, you know, Greg Norman, he was his power. And then, you know, Arnold Palmer, his charisma. And then you had uh, uh, Mr. Nicholas, he had this, you know, he had power also, you know, he was a long hitter. Um, and then when I started to see the women, it was like, wow, okay. You, you know, I, I bet Daniel had a great swing and Dottie Pepper had a, you know, her, she was just very focused and, and uh, you know, she had that fire. Uh, Rosa Jones had a great short game. So, you know, it was a lot of things I looked and I said, okay, if I can have that short game, if I could have that power, if I could have that, you know what I mean? It's like, I built my own, um, my own little player. My dad told me a long time ago, there are no shortcuts to success. And I really believe that, you know, if you're going to get somewhere in life, you have to put in the time, whether you, you know, maybe it's uh, in my case, it was raining. I didn't want to be out there. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of uh, suck it up in a way you have to practice through rain, through snows, through if you want to get anywhere. And um, so, yeah, that's a good one. And I live, uh, I tell my kids that today and also face your fear. You know, not everything in life is easy and not everything in life is um, you know, like you have to have the courage sometimes to break the mold, to be a little bit of pioneer, to be able to, you know, push the envelope below to get somewhere else to where you haven't been. Annika is one of the game's all-time greats, but is just as gifted off the course. She has built the Annika brand into a successful business, but also uses her influence to make an indelible positive impact on future generations. The Annika name is synonymous with excellence and her foundation organizes international tournaments for young players 12 to 18, plus also organizes several Share My Passion golf clinics to introduce golf and other inspiration to girls ages 6 through 12. Annika isn't just the face of the initiative, but an active participant in the events and tournaments. Yeah, we try to, uh, you know, inspire them with our different initiatives. You know, we have seven global tournaments now. You know, we have them in, in Europe, in the USA. Uh, we have them in South America with Argentina, New Zealand, and then in China. And then we have a college event. So we try to create uh, inspirational opportunities for them to fulfill their dreams. And, you know, the high-end tournaments is top-level girls. Then we have Share My Passion Days. As you mentioned, we had that Southern Highlands. Uh, you know, we get young girls ages six to 12 to just get introduced to the game, uh, but also to uh, the healthy part of the game with a healthy, healthy lunch. And and then I do it in clinic to share my stories and my passion and some of my experiences. So it's been really fun to be able to get back to grassroots, but then also to help young girls age of 12 to you know 18 work, you know, women's sports. It's, you know, there's a lot of distractions when when these young girls are 14 and 15, they get pulled in a lot of directions. So we're trying to stay them on the golf path. And it's been, it's been very rewarding. We're our 13 years into it. We have over 600 girls every year. And, uh, you know, some of our players have gone on to play professionally. You know, we have over hundred on the Symmetra tour and over 50 on the LPGA. So it's been, it's been a great, uh, great thing to do and be part of and continue to have my foot in the game. And what is that piece of advice, the best piece of advice you can give uh, girls and young women pursuing excellence? Well, I just talk about just kind of follow your dream, you know, trying to be you. Don't, you know, don't, uh, uh, you know, whatever drives you, uh, keep on that path. And again, it's kind of like, you know, no shortcuts to success. It takes time to do it. But, 
you know, one step at a time and, and uh, you know, find your own recipe. I mean, that's the thing. There's not one recipe to success. I think there's lots of it. And um, But um, find yours that works. Pick up a little here and pick up a little there and create your own. Before we make the turn to the back nine with Annika, thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast network and maybe share this episode with a friend. Now, the back nine with Annika. Annika doesn't believe in the word failure, but definitely preaches to learn from your mistakes because that is what making them is for. It's hard to fathom now listening to Annika and having watched her speak so many times over the years, but she was once a shy little girl who purposely missed a putt to lose a tournament just so she didn't have to give a victory speech after the event. I mean, I don't really look at it failures. I think it, everybody goes through up and downs. We learn from our mistakes. I think that's the biggest um, you know, thing you can do for you is to learn from when things didn't go your way. So you can always change that. Um, you know, I'm not a person to second guess. So if I do something and it wasn't maybe perfect, then I said, okay, next time I'm in this situation, I'm going to do this instead. So um, I think the biggest thing I had to overcome was being shy, you know, raising my hand in class to answer a question, you know, winning, uh, giving a speech when I won a junior golf tournament, I would miss on purpose because I didn't want to be seen or heard. And I think those things I had to overcome to, you know, to get to where I am today and, and be okay with who I am and what I have to say and, and what I do. And, and obviously that takes confidence, but it also takes practice. And so I learned that. And what were some of the steps that you did to to overcome that? And just being in that position, just um, like anything, practice, <laughs> practice, practice, and and um, you know, focus on the things that that I was, you know, that I'm good, uh, good at. When my like my dad said when I won a golf tournament, says, "Why don't you bring your seven iron up to the little podium, I mean, even if it was very, very small." And just be comfortable and talk about your game rather than other things. And I felt comfortable about that. So finding ways to make me feel comfortable. And then I was able to kind of come out of my, my shell and, and share that. As Tiger Woods was known to do during the height of his career, Annika also had the ability to assess her game and identify what she needed to do to improve. For a time in 2000, her game had plateaued and she went to work on how to fix it. Dozens of victories soon followed, cementing her place in history. Yeah, I think it's important in whatever you do, just kind of have an objective mind. And, and uh, you know, I realized there were certain things that I just needed to do better. You know, I needed to, uh, you know, because I wanted to be, my goals really didn't align with, with um, you know, with what I had. And I knew that I had to, you know, work on fitness. I had to train like a professional athlete. So I kicked that up. And then I realized my short game could be better. I wasn't really, you know, I hadn't reached my full potential. Um, so I wanted to just help, have, get some help and, or somebody to just kind of take another look and say, hey, you know, you can do this and this. So I think it's important to have that open mind where you listen, but, you know, there's obviously a fine line. We didn't have too many open minds. People can get a little confused, but you know, to get uh, experience from other people that might be good at something. And that's something I've learned is, you know, it's surround yourself with people that are better than you are. And what is, what's the biggest thing during that time you learned about the short game and, and becoming such a great player? Oh, I think it was, you know, just the basics. Uh, and then, you know, just keep repeating and repeating. And then that turned into trust and that turned into confidence and going out there and doing that in competition. Uh, but it was simplifying it and, 
and uh, and just focus on the right things at the right time. Annika is obviously well known for her many accomplishments, but what she hears about most from fans is probably shooting the only 59 in LPGA Tour history, which she did at the 2001 Standard Register Ping event, and also playing in the 2003 Colonial on the PGA Tour. Both accomplishments were possible because she committed to her own goals and stayed true to her process. Yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, set your own goals and and look at yourself and say what's important. And, uh, you know, I, I constantly wanted to reach my full potential. I'd looked at ways to improve by looking at my statistics, whether it was hitting more fairways or hitting more greens or hitting it further or, or having, you know, endurance and be more consistent. So I literally dissected my game and said, okay, I'm here today. Where do you, where do, where do I objectively think I can be? Uh, and then have a plan to get from just an example from, let's say you hit 12 greens. Uh, I wanted to hit, you know, 13 greens. How do I get there? And, you know, is it just iron play? You know, is it just a swing? Is it course management? Is the equipment and literally dissect every part of my game and trying to get up there. My goal was to be number one in every category in the, on the LPJ, whether it was putting and chipping up and downs, you know, fairway, you know, fairway hits and then everything. So, yeah, I think it's important to, you know, that's what I think what it takes to take it to a diff- different level. And especially when you're number one, everybody's trying to, you know, trying to take you down. So you got to, you know, create this path forward where nobody really has gone. So you have to start thinking beyond, you know, beyond the borders, beyond things have been done and say, okay, can I, can I do that? And, and it's not so much about just, having, you know, break records. It was more for me, it was focused on getting better as a golfer. And I felt like that motivated me every day to get better. And when I got better, I was able to break some records. In the intro, Annika mentioned that people shouldn't be intimidated by the word excellence and that we are each on our own paths. Success is what we each make of it. I would say that, you know, sometimes people get scared of the word of excellence, meaning that, you know, there can't be any any faults, no mistakes, no, you know, <laughs> no bogeys. I think, you know, everybody, we learn from our mistakes. And I think that that's part of the word excellence is, you know, you improve from where you are today and everybody's level of excellence is different than somebody else's. So as long as you feel like you're motivated and you feel like you're on your way to excellence, I think that's, that's success. Well, that concludes another journey of excellence. And thanks to the one and only Annika for sharing so much inspiration and excellence with us. You can visit AnnikaFoundation.org for more information about how she is empowering the next generation. Also, be sure to tune into the U.S. Senior Women's Open July 29th through August 1st, when Annika will make her first appearance in the event, having turned 50 last October. And thank you again for listening. What is your personal excellence? How do you define success? Share your thoughts with us at xleet.com. That's X-L-E-T-E dot com. And if you want some more excellence and inspiration, download our other episodes that feature Greg Maddox, Bill Walton, Tasha Schweikert-Moser, and several others. And thanks again for listening. We are broadcast from Las Vegas, the sports and entertainment capital of the world. Original music and production by Jay Hurley. Any brief celebrity quotes do not imply endorsement of xsleep.com or the Magnifying Excellence podcast. All rights reserved.